it's a fruit of a cactus. Um, and it grows in a very unique way. They, they cultivate them a lot in Southeast Asia and they sort of grow them up these large wooden stakes and they put a tire at the top and the, the stems grow up the stakes and they sort of fall over the edges of the tire and, and fall down that way. And I'm trying to mimic that at my house right now. That was Kevin from Epic Gardening, and he joins us on the podcast today to talk about all things plants, how he got into gardening, and some tips and hints as well. So without further ado, let's start the podcast. Hi, you're listening to Plants and Me, the podcast that is all about plants, gardening, and the people who are passionate about them, with your host, Alan Lodge. Today on the podcast, we're joined by Kevin from Epic Gardening. Uh, I first came across Kevin on his very, very popular Instagram page. Uh, he has over 100,000 followers, a great one to follow for gardening tips, and also does a daily podcast. Uh, so hello, Kevin. Hey, Alan. It's great to be here. Excellent. Thank you for coming. Yeah, of course. Excited for it. Okay, so let's jump straight into it. Are you fairly new to gardening? Um, I, I would say in the scale of most people I know that garden, I actually am mm -hmm. fairly new. I've probably grown plants for maybe eight, eight years now, okay. I would say. But some of those early years were very much in the hobbyist realm where I wasn't very, you know, I wasn't, I was growing a couple plants here and there. I wasn't very hardcore, mm -hmm. very serious. Okay. And what made you get into it? Yeah. So. It's interesting. A lot of people I talk to have a, a life of, of plants. You know, their, their parents helped them in the beginning and, and they sort of got the bug early. It wasn't really like that for me. I was not so much. It's not that I wasn't into plants. I was very much into like, you know, science and nature and collecting bugs and rocks and stuff like that as a kid. But for some reason, growing plants never really got to me. And what happened is after college, I was maybe 22, 23, um, and was sort of floundering around. I like didn't really know where I wanted to direct my, my focus. And my brother actually came home from, from college and we were both like big video game players. And I was probably much more of an addict than, mm -hmm. than he ever was. But my mom asked me to, to get my brother Brian out of the house. <laughs> and little did she know it was actually probably me really that needed to get out of the house <laughs> and stop, stop playing video games. So I gave him a bunch of options. I said, hey, you want to go skateboard, you know, surf, go hiking, you can do all these sort of active things. And out of that list, we sort of landed on gardening out of really? all of those, which was unusual for two young men in their early 20s mm -hmm. or teens to, to get into. But yeah, we, you know, we went on down to the nursery and I think he picked up basil and I picked up some cucumbers. I tried to grow them in a hydroponic environment, just right oh, out right. of the gate. You started off which, on a, uh, a more of a, a, a high level type garden. Then. I, yeah, you could say that. I mean, it, it didn't work that well. <laughs> I kind of failed, but, um, I guess that spoke more to like the, the sciencey way that, that I like to look mm -hmm. at the world. And, um, yeah, I mean, from then on, I was kind of hooked in just being able to observe and shape the growth of a living thing, like a plant. And then, of course, get to to eat something at the end of that was just a really, it was a really addicting process. Yeah, for and me. looking over your your stuff online and your uh, listening to your podcasts and things like that, uh, would I be right in saying you lean towards edibles? Yeah, I, I definitely lean towards edibles. I would say maybe 
75, 25, I lean towards mm-hmm. edibles. Um, I've gotten more into the ornamental and certainly the indoor gardening houseplant world a little bit lately. The ornamentals are, are coming in for me, again, mostly because I have such a focus on edibles. I'm learning a lot more about certain types of pollinator plants mm-hmm. and almost beautifying my garden for the purpose of even further increasing my success with edibles. So yeah, I would. I think it's fair to say that I, I skew towards That's the edible. exactly where I'm at, actually. Um, and our nursery uh, is very much geared towards uh, herbs and, and chilies and peppers and things like that. So uh, that's exactly where, where my interests lie, although we do a lot of ornamentals as well. Okay, so on a day-to-day basis, you're, you're doing the epic gardening uh, as a living? Yeah, um, about two and a half years ago, well, I guess we're approaching three years ago now. Um, I was I was working in publishing. So I was working at a publishing startup that I was on the founding team of. And it really just blew up like a rocket ship. But I knew that I had joined that uh, basically to figure out, you know, why everything I had done up until that point hadn't really reached this level that I wanted it to reach and really learned a lot there. And at the time that it was looking like it was my time to sort of leave that company, I was looking for plant-related businesses to start, but I'd already had Epic Gardening around as, as just a hobby blog, you know, just me sharing sure. my my journey with plants and what I'm growing, how I'm growing it, that sort of thing. Had a little bit of traction. So I said to myself, <clears throat> excuse me, I said, you know, I'll, I'll try to make this at least pay the bills. And then I have the economic freedom to sort of, maybe I'm going to grow microgreens for a living and sell them to chefs, which is an idea that I tested out. And you know, maybe I'll do front yard garden farming and sell that to restaurants. I had all these sorts of ideas and Epic Gardening just sort of kept growing and growing and growing. And so now here we are today where that's, that is my full-time job and business. Excellent. Yeah. Congratulations. It, I mean, it comes across very, very well. And uh, I think the tips you share and everything uh, are very, very useful for people. Definitely. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. I, I, I sort of set out to try to explain gardening basically for myself in a way that was, you know, demystifying it a little bit. I think we can speak as gardeners maybe too much in our Mm. own language and forget that other people don't understand what all these words and and terminology and theory means, you know, definitely on that um, basis. um, Do you get asked very, very similar questions on a, on a regular basis? Have you found a a key question people often stumble over? Yeah, I mean, I, there's a there's such a, a host of common questions that you'll get. I think most of them have to do with what is on my plant or like, <laughs> what's happening to my plant, right? Mm. I'm, I'm sure as a nursery owner, you yeah, must get yeah. those all the time as well. Um, questions about watering are, of course, very, very common. Um, a lot of the times I, I find with beginner gardeners, they're just they just see something that looks a little abnormal and then they just say, what's mm. wrong? Um and that's that's of course a hard one to answer because you know you have to take into account where they're growing it, how they how they're growing it, what have they done to that plant up until that point, mm-hmm. you know, all sorts of questions that that need to be answered before you can actually answer their mm-hmm. question. I was actually interested in listening to a podcast that you were a guest on, um, and you said something in roundabout a similar way that I often repeat to people about the fact that plants all want to grow. It's the plant that does the growing, and often we're the people that get in the way of it. Yes, yes. I heard that from my friend um, Khaled, who is he's known as the plant charmer on Instagram. <laughs> and it's very true. I just hadn't heard it said that way before. And 
yeah, I mean, we have to remember that it's not like we're growing the plant. The plant's growing itself. And in nature, where all of these plants at one point were, um, you know, certainly we've bred them and, and extended their genetics mm-hmm. quite a bit in domestic cultivation. But, you know, all these plants are growing themselves. We're just sort of there to provide the environment that, that best suits yeah, them. Yeah. And we're talking about environment, obviously, we're based in the UK. You're in San Diego, is that right? Mm-hmm. Weather-wise, yep. I'm not very familiar with San Diego, although I Googled it and it uh, came up as one of the best places weather-wise to live in America, apparently. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's pretty pretty fortunate to be out um, here, yeah. So growing, uh, we're in Essex, so we're not far from London. Um, you have similar sort of temperatures to us uh, at certain times. Uh, have you got particular favorites that you would always go to if you're a beginner gardener? Yeah, if you're a beginner gardener, um, I mean, it's there's sort of two answers here for me. the The first answer would be, I would grow something that you like to eat, regardless of how easy or hard it is. Because if you if it's one of your favorite vegetables or, or fruits to eat, then there's a really big incentive for you to get mm. that right. You know, so you're gonna you're gonna spend a lot more time out there troubleshooting it or watching it or really scanning for pests or disease or, or all the things that will help a plant grow. Um, than you would if you're going to grow a plant that you quote unquote should grow that you really don't really care if it ends up on your plate or not. So that would be one one sort of suggestion I would say. The other one is grow a very simple to grow plant in the first place, right? So, you know, I don't know that many people on planet Earth who don't like something mm-hmm. like basil or, uh, you know, a simple, you know, butter lettuce, something like that. These are, these are plants that only grow to their, veg- we eat their vegetation, mm-hmm. right? We don't grow them from the most part to flower or to seed. And so it's an easier plant to grow just by that fact, because you're only growing it through, through part of its life. Um, so things like that are, are my two suggestions, either grow something you really are invested in the success of, and you want to see on your plate and eat in a delicious meal or grow something that is just very simple, like a leafy green or, or an herb. And would you, we suggest growing it from scratch or, or maybe buying a plant for a garden center? Yeah. So this is one that I think I, I kind of contradict a lot of the the, the serious gardeners, maybe. I don't, I don't know. Um, I, I don't see a problem with someone buying a start, you know. There's no shame in that. Um, there's a lot of things that can go wrong in the seed starting process. You're going to have, you know, almost every beginner gardener is going to stretch their seedlings too much by not using the correct amount of light. Um, and so you're already weakening the plant right at that point in time. So that's not a good thing. Uh, a lot of people are going to have, you know, over or under watering with their, their seed starts, or they're going to have damping off disease. Perhaps they didn't sterilize their, their seed starting mix correctly. Right. So there's, there's so many different problems that can go, go on when you're starting seeds that a lot of the times, and even in my book, I have a little section on this of, you know, there's no shame in just buying some, some seed starts. Not only are you buying yourself out of making any mistakes, but you're also buying in a lot of time saving, yeah. right? You know, let's say you buy some pepper starts like the ones mm-hmm. that you sell, you know, you're buying p- perhaps a month of yeah. growth. Um, and, and yeah, you, you, of course you pay more than, <laughs> than a pack of seeds, mm-hmm. right? You know, you may, maybe you buy six pepper seedlings for the same price as a pack of hundreds of pepper seeds, but it's not the amount you're buying. You're buying the time. Savings. Exactly. And I think actually it's, um, I was, it took me back to one of my first jobs, which was, uh, in a ski shop. Um, when people want to learn skiing, you don't buy all the equipment, hire it. See if you like it, try it out, maybe buy it next year. 
Um, and it's a similar sort of thing. Um, I think the problem with gardening often is people can get a little bit sort of, um, I don't know, what, do you know the word snooty? Yeah. 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 So it's just sort of yeah. like highbrow and, and um, yeah. that that's the best way I would put it. You know, they're sort of holier than mm. thou about how, how you should or should not do yeah. something. Yeah, exactly. And I think actually getting into gardening, enjoying it um, and getting some successes is very important to begin with. I agree with you. Yeah, I think so. I don't know if this stat is 100% accurate, but there's some statistic about the percentage of people that start gardening in their first year and then do not ever garden again. And it's something like 30 to 40% of mm. people. Um, you know, if those 30, 40% were told that they had to do it the way that a 20 year gardener does it, of course, they're not going to have as much success. And then why most people don't do things repeatedly that they they don't have mm. success at, you know? And so why not get a couple wins under your belt first and then later on, you can start your own seeds. I mean, that's what happened for me. I, I bought seed mm. starts or seedlings. And, and then now I'm doing all sorts of weird stuff in the garden that's just very out there and esoteric and growing giant vegetables and cloning plants, all this sort of stuff that, of course, in you know, 2010, Kevin would have been like, what mm. are you doing? That seems yeah. crazy. And, and when you started, uh, you sound like, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, you had a few failures. Can you remember anything in particular? Yeah, well, so the, the cucumbers didn't do well. I, I got fruits off mm. of them, of course. Um, that's pretty easy yeah. to get to as long as you just grow it long enough. But um, they 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 had all sorts of nutrient deficiencies because I was growing them in a hydroponic environment and I didn't really know much about, you know, how to control your pH. So, you know, the nutrients were being effectively locked out of being absorbed and I probably didn't even have the right nutrients in there in the first place. So, you know, I got the cucumbers, but they didn't taste amazing. They in fact, they tasted terrible. I gotta be honest. Like I didn't, I took a bite and I was like, there's no way I'm finishing the rest of this crop. Um, last year, even I had a couple failures. I was trying the straw bale gardening right. method and was doing potatoes in that. And I just didn't, I just didn't account for the unique environment, I guess, of growing in mostly mm. straw. And so I, I did get a potato yield out of it, but it just wasn't quite what you would expect and, and would have done much better in soil. Uh, so failure there. I tried to grow pe peanuts last year and I did get peanuts. I got six, but I mean, a peanut plant is producing much yeah. more than six if it's grown in the right conditions. So yeah, I mean, all, all the time, anytime basically I try a new plant or a new um, vegetable mm. or fruit, I'm, I almost always mess something up. And you're trying, by the sounds of it, some quite interesting things. So peanuts, I've certainly never grown. Have you got anything uh, going now? Yeah, some interesting things I'm I'm doing. I I almost always skew towards unique things just because I'm I'm very interested in weird fruits and vegetables, even if it's just a weird variety of a mm -hmm. common one, right? So an odd lettuce or an odd Asian green. Right now I'm doing dragon right. fruit, um, so that's a pretty interesting one because it's it's a fruit of a cactus, okay. um, and it grows in a very unique way. They they cultivate them a lot in Southeast Asia, and they sort of grow them up these large wooden stakes and they put a tire at the top and the the stems grow up the stakes and they sort of fall over the edges of the tire and, and fall down that mm -hmm. way and i'm trying to mimic that at my house right it's now. it's a very odd way of growing yeah, something see how that one goes yeah yeah it's a very like diy and and these these farms down in southeast asia my cousin is actually in vietnam right now so he took some pictures and they're they're amazingly productive with 
the most simple of, of tools you could ever imagine. Yeah, interesting, because uh, they occasionally sell them at the supermarket here. Um, taste a little bit like a melon to me. Um, they they look amazing. Right? Yeah, it's like a yeah. They look incredible. I would imagine they're probably a bit harder to find over there just because of the the climate to grow them is is nowhere exactly. near the UK. Um, you certainly don't right. get many, but you you stumble across the same one every now and again. And I'm sound like I'm very similar to you. If it's in the supermarket, I'm going to buy it and try it and then see how it's grown. But I didn't know about that one. Interesting. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So taking it. Back to you, going through your uh, uh, your webpage and things like that. Um, Ten million people gardening. Um, that jumps out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, that was that's something to keep me motivated. Mm. I think um, in in the early days, I got a lot of interesting emails. You know, from people, especially with the hydroponics content. Um, people who grow in areas that simply they are. They don't have space. They don't have soil. Um, they may not even have a balcony or they're in a third world country. I got so many emails from third world countries in Africa of people, you know, saying like, I'm using your two liter bottle method to grow cucumbers for my mother. Mm. Right. Or these sorts of things. So then I said, you know what, like the power of the internet is really helping to, to get gardening in the hands of people that really, how could I ever have ever reached anyone in, in some of these countries without without the internet, you know? And so it kind of drives me these, these, these emails I get, or these comments I get on various social media platforms to just keep on going, you know? And so initially the, the goal was a million gardeners. Mm-hmm. I figure by this point, it's some, in some way I've reached around that, if not more, just based on, you know, mm-hmm. traffic numbers and all that. And so I said, let's just multiply it by 10 and, and see if I can hit that one. And then who knows what happens when I hit the 10. I, I'd have, well, there's I have no certainly idea. enough people around, so you could go higher. <laughs> I think so, yeah. Excellent. Um, and coming up in June, you've got a, a month of uh, eating only your own produce. Yeah, we're going to see how that goes. I'm already worried about it, so, <laughs> to be honest with you. I, I planted a bunch. So, I, I mean, for me, the strategy was pretty simple. It's you need to grow calories and you need to grow nutrition. And, and those aren't really usually in mm. the same plant. So for me, that's potatoes. And then everything else is almost flavoring for potatoes because potatoes are the only thing I right. can grow in my area right now with enough calories to actually help me make it. Um, I'm, I'm also going to be doing some foraging mm-hmm. and fishing. But, I mean, just today I walked out in the morning and a skunk had rolled through my raised beds at night digging for grubs and dug up some of my mm. potatoes and I'm already planting them a bit later than I would have liked. So I'm, <laughs> I'm already worried about yeah, the challenge. Yeah, I can imagine. Are you generally a meat eater? Um, yeah, I mean, I w- I'm just an mm. omnivore in general. So my diet used to be, I guess, what you could call the standard American diet of just whatever. Um, and now... I'm in preparation for the challenge and, and over the last couple of years, it's been shifting more, of course, towards eating a lot more plants because my garden has become, you know, mm. quite productive. But yeah, I, I'm definitely an omnivore. So it's going to be an interesting challenge to shift towards pretty heavy plant diet and then basically whatever I can catch in yeah, the ocean. Quite. Um, and San Diego, sorry, forgive my geography, is fairly close to the ocean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. San Diego is one of the bigger fishing cities in um, in California. So I'm pretty close to the ocean. I'm maybe like two to three miles, five kilometers Excellent. away. So 
yeah, it's it's possible. It's just I'm not I'm not much of a epic fisherman. I'm more, much more of a gardener. <laughs> well, we'll certainly be following along, and I wish you all luck with that. It uh, sounds uh, an interesting challenge, but it sounds more interesting from my side than yours. I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I I think maybe I should have picked a week or two weeks, and not just a month. Uh, <laughs> so we'll see how it goes. I might have bit off more. I yeah, didn't chew. Yeah, good. Um. A question we we always, or two questions we always ask people. Um, when you began learning uh, gardening and things like that, was there a particular book or a particular uh, place you got information from? Yeah, so I had a really unique experience where when I was starting gardening, I was also doing web design and local marketing for local businesses. And I ended up responding to a inquiry from mel bartholomew of square mm -hmm. foot gardening so he wrote that that famous book square foot gardening back in i think the 80s and he had a nonprofit foundation called the square foot gardening foundation that needed web design and marketing mm -hmm. work right and so right about the time i was getting into gardening he lived in san diego at the time and i ended up starting to do you know what i was doing at the time web, web and, and marketing work for him and his foundation and so it was really a unique opportunity because i effectively got to work side by side with him for I would say maybe a year, year mm. and a half and and soak up a lot of his gardening knowledge, which is very much a practical, um, no nonsense approach to gardening. And he's someone who's very much like me, where he came into gardening later in his life after having a successful engineering consultancy. And so then he came at it with with a a, a brain of someone who wasn't a gardener, right? right? And so the way he explained it and, and taught me made a lot of sense to me as also a non-gardener. Yeah, interesting. Um, and that sort of person much easier to pick up information from. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, I, I okay. think so too. And lastly, because I'm very aware you're very busy, you've already been on someone else's podcast as well today. Um, <laughs> uh, is there a particular tool, bit of equipment or something you have that is your go-to, you almost think is absolutely essential? Uh, for your gardening oh my gosh um there's a lot there's a lot of them um okay well i would say so i'm really big on these fiskars micro tip yeah. pruners just very small i just want something that i can snip very fine things with if i'm thinning my seedlings i don't want to come in with big scissors or like a knife or something like that i want a very fine tipped mm -hmm. pruning blade so that's a big one for me and it, those are like 10 or 12 dollars yeah. um I mean, mycorrhizal fungal inoculants or really any sort of biological inoculant mm -hmm. for soil has been really effective for me this season. So I, I think right now I'm using one from Extreme Gardening, uh, a couple other companies as well. Just the success in doing a split test of one tray of transplants versus another, one being inoculated and the other not, um, makes it very clear that that's working well Excellent. for me. Um, so that's that's helping out a lot. Oh, man, I have a lot of... <laughs> I have a lot of little tools and gadgets, yeah. you know, so I, I would say essentials wise, those are two that I, I find Brilliant. to be pretty much used anytime I'm out in the garden, Excellent. I would say. Well, that's really useful. And um, I don't want to take up too much of your time. So thank you for, for coming on. It's been really, really great to talk to you, get to know a bit more about your journey. Um, and it's obviously going very, very well for you. You can tell that just from the pictures, videos, etc., and podcasts. Um, where can people, uh, where's the best way that people can uh, check out your stuff? Yeah, so 
I mean, I'm I'm at Epic Gardening, E P I C Gardening everywhere. So Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Pinterest, and and then my website is epicgardening.com. So it you can reach me on any of those. It really depends on the way you like to consume. So if you're more of a reader, go to the website epicgardening.com. If you're more of a listener, go to the podcast, which you can just search Epic Gardening anywhere that you listen to a podcast, iTunes, what have you. And then if you're more of a visual person, then uh, probably the YouTube or the Instagram. So the YouTube is just longer form instructional videos. And then the the Instagram is sort of a quick tips and photos and you know sharing things mm-hmm. that my friends and, and family have grown, et cetera. So yeah, I mean, it's epic gardening everywhere. And then I think the final thing is I'll have a book out in, in May, April or, or, or early May called Field Guide to Urban Gardening. So if you sort of want like a, a primer mm-hmm. on the basics of, of growing in, more or less any living space then then you can definitely also order brilliant that book. do you know whether that'll be available for pre-order at some point it's yeah it's actually available right now for pre-order so if you go to epicgardening.com forward slash book then it'll be right there for you if you're in the uk so I, i've been doing this offer where if you pre-order i can send you free mm-hmm. seeds it's hard for me to send them to the yeah, uk definitely. though so <laughs> what I end up doing is I'll send you a digital copy of the book as well if you Excellent. pre-order. Yeah, brilliant. Um, we put all those links uh, and what you've suggested and your your tools and things like that in, in the show notes. Um, and brilliant. Thank you very much, Kevin, for joining us. Yeah, thanks, Alan. Yeah, it's been awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us on the Plants and Me podcast. We'll be back soon. If you can't get enough of all things plant-related, pop over to plants-uk.co.uk. And if you enjoy our podcast, don't forget to subscribe and rate us.